facts straight, so many people lean. These pizza comments with a conscience. Brought the fresh air, I'm tired of the nonsense. Not only does he have a gift for the jokes, but the main focus is to uplift the folks. So much laughter, he make your stomach hurt. And at the same time, he gon' make your brain work. Whether you can catch him on the airwaves, or catch him live on somebody's stage. It don't matter your race, religion, or your age. His gift and his love will just leave you amazed. He may say things in which you don't agree, and that's cool. It's just his philosophy, so... All aboard. All aboard, we promise you a good time, and he never leave you bored. We may not be on the same accord, but not getting this knowledge is something you can't afford. And always have a good time, no wrong, no right, I think they're ready, Azim, pop up on the mic. Just have a good time, no wrong, no right, I think they're ready, Azim, pop up on the mic. Just have a good time, no wrong, no right, I think they're ready, Azim, pop up on the mic. Hey, what's up, everybody? This your man, Azeem, and welcome to the I'm Just Serious podcast, where we telling everything <laughs> funny as hell, but we always going to keep the truth about it. And uh, I'm really excited to be with you all today. Uh, this marks the very first podcast of 2024 for my uh, listeners that are out there. So thank you all for coming out and joining us on this particular show. I'm really excited about it, you all, because... Uh, I know a lot of people already started with their resolutions and they've gotten things together and started lying already. That's why I like to wait a little bit before I even do my podcast, especially for the first of the year. Uh, I know so many of us, we all got a resolution to do something, to do something big, something meaningful. And then um, our reality gets to us and it tells us, uh, you know what? You know good and well you want that peach cobbler, so go and get you some. But <laughs> whatever your uh, whatever your resolutions are this year, I'm praying that you are fortunate enough and blessed enough to not only find those uh, things that you want to do differently in your life, things you want to do better in your life, things that you want to accomplish in your life, but also that you pursue them, implement them, and, and master them. So, uh, you know, I got my own set up. Uh, as we speaking right now, one of my biggest goals is to get this weight down. Uh, a lot of people see me, you know, some people don't realize uh, Azim is a, a heavy set cat, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm tall, but my knees are still like, uh, my man, if you could just uh, ease up off us because we got to carry your big ass around. So one of my number one goals this year is to go from, 270 pounds all the way down to 225 pounds you heard what i said that's uh i don't hear i'm not here to do the math um but the point is that's 45 pounds that i gotta lose and uh, my goal is to lose it by my birthday which is in august so you know man we we gonna um we gonna hope the best and uh, i'm already working on it you know even though every time i try to lose weight my wife go ahead and you know, decided that she want to fix me a pound cake. And I told her, you know, that's not a pound cake. That's an eight pound cake. Because every time I eat it, when I get on the scale the very next damn day, I'm eight pounds heavier. So some of y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, and uh, we we just uh, going gonna to pray for it. <laughs> so, look, we're going to get on into this uh, episode. I'm really excited uh, to do this particular episode uh, only because... So many people have been talking about this topic uh, since the beginning of this year. 
Um, some of y'all probably already know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, we talking about Cat Williams' uh, episode on the Club Shay Shay. Shout out to Shannon Sharp, uh, the best tight end in the NFL. I have to say, I need to say in the NFL because that just don't sound proper to just say the best tight end because some of y'all don't know what football is. And then I'm going to end up with a whole bunch of emails asking what, what, what am I saying. Uh, what I'm saying is he was the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, still, um, I, I have to give Travis Kelsey second best because uh, your your career and your body of work is not yet done, though you are a beast as well. Shout out to both of y'all. But Shannon Sharp uh, had my man uh, Cat Williams on uh, his show, and it created a whole lot of controversy behind that particular episode. If you've watched that, uh, which if you haven't, you know what? Uh, only thing I can tell you is you, you might want to go check it out because it has definitely uh, topped the charts on uh, YouTube where, you know, within the first couple of weeks, uh, it had already hit 25 million uh, views. Now I believe we're somewhere upwards of 50 million views uh, as of this particular recording. I mean, when I say 50, 53,472,457. I mean, God, dog, Shannon. You know, you, you just, every time somebody think they got a chance in the game, here you come. You know, when I tell you 53 million, there, there, it don't happen. It it don't happen. So, uh, shout out to you, Shannon, for uh, creating such a um, amazing interview and allowing Cat uh, Williams uh, to come on and share this information with your viewers. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have uh, talked about everything in this particular uh, interview. For those of you all who don't know. Cat uh, Williams actually came on Club Shay Shay and uh, fired quite a few shots at different celebrities uh, who are also comedians uh, in the industry. And from that, uh, had made allegations about uh, certain comedians stealing material to other comedians, um, you know, being a tool in the industry, and so many other um statements I, I call them allegations because I wasn't there I wasn't the fly on the wall Lord knows if I could have been out of show came back and told y'all would have found out and you know when I watched the episode one of the biggest things that I got out of it was something very interesting especially after looking at the various um, TikToks that have been made the different uh, Instagram comments that have been made, the different memes, <laughs> some funny stuff out there now uh, in regards to this. You know, some people are arguing about whether or not he was telling the truth about Steve, Sid, Ricky Smiley, uh, Kevin Hart. These are the things that people were all talking about. And I just kind of wanted to get get a chance to see what what are the masses of the people focused on when it came to this particular interview. Uh, Cat Williams has uh, been around for arguably 20, 
20 plus years, at least 20 plus years. I remember uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Kat for the one time that I had uh, met him. We were both filming um, Comic View 2006. And I remember seeing Cat Williams backstage, very quiet, kind of keeping to himself. And I didn't know whether he was approachable or not. I just remember walking up to him saying, hey, how you doing, brother? And he gave me the response back. He was like, hey, what's up, bro? It's a pleasure to meet you. I told him, I said, man, I really am a big fan of your work. And uh, he said, thank you very much, man. He said, I hope you have a good uh, tape out there. I told him, uh, I hope he does the same, which <laughs> really didn't wasn't necessary. He said, oh, brother, it's always necessary, but thank you so uh, that was just the best uh, little inter interaction that I had with Cat Williams. Um, and I remember doing my taping that night. And uh, during that taping, it went well as could be for myself. But then when I watched Cat Williams, now I'm young in the game. I'm only five years in. Cat Williams had already been in the game well past that. And uh, I'm not sure of the uh, how many – what – taping that was for him whether it was his second third or fourth but I tell you what that particular episode I'll never forget it it was myself Ricky um, excuse me not Ricky Smiley it was myself Rodney Perry Cat Williams to Ray it was a bunch of guys on that particular episode of taping for that season and it was the highest rated episode of that season Cat Williams went out there and uh, when I tell you he absolutely destroyed the building we were in new orleans uh as a matter of fact and this was the last taping of comic view right before um the trauma that came and destroyed um new orleans with hurricane katrina so um but when i watched when i watched this episode with every with everything that uh shannon talked to cat williams about uh and the responses that cat gave the biggest thing that I walked away with was not what most people talked about. Most people talked about Cat Williams, uh, whether he was crazy, whether he was sane, whether Ricky Smiley really did um, get get that petty about different um, aspects of um, Friday After Next, whether it was true or false about Earthquake, uh, being illiterate, whether it was about Kevin Hart being a tool in the industry. Everybody talked about those aspects, and, and I chose not to focus on that. And I'll tell you why. Number one, everybody done talked about it. Everybody talked about it. But I remember my mother taught me something a long time ago. She told me, uh, if something that is brought to your attention is brought to you, you need to, before you respond to it, you have to ask yourself, do you have the power to change anything in that situation? Number two, does it have anything to do with you? And if not, then refer that situation back to the person that brought it to you so that those two parties or people who were uh, discussed can have that chance to resolve it. And for me, that really resonated a lot with me because um, that's how you keep a lot of controversy away from yourself. But what I also noticed was 
in the industry, the number one reason why I looked at it, I know some of y'all like Azim, well, then what you look at it for? You, you know what I'm saying? Because he talk, you know what he's talking about. Well, let me just tell y'all, I just wanted to make sure he wasn't talking about me, okay? That's all I wanted to make sure. I'm going to keep it 100 with you because, uh, I mean, well, I know I hadn't done nothing to Cat because, number one, we don't even fly in those same circles uh, as it relates to that. I don't have that kind of money. Uh, I, don't have, I don't even have that kind of loose change. Okay, Cat Williams was talking about one time they said his net worth was $2 million. He said he had that in his pocket. So, um, yeah, I don't even, we don't even have those same uh, realms of possibilities because I'm still trying to pick up pennies when I walk on the street because I need those to add to my collection. But let me just tell you this. The thing that caught my attention most about this particular interview was that the people – or we're always caught up in tragedy, right? We're always caught up in tragedy. We always are interested in seeing what someone else is going through. What disaster are they dealing with? What train wreck has hit their lives that's going to affect it so that we can stay entertained? Um you know, and, and, and I liken it to when we driving down the street, we see that there's a car accident, right? When we see the car accident, we could be on the phone uh, living in Tennessee, but talking to a friend of ours in New York. And we wonder, why is everybody slowing down? Then when, when, they, when we get up there, now we slowing down to look at an accident that we're going to tell our friend in New York on the phone about. But guess what? We didn't say, let me hang up so I can call 911, so I can call an ambulance, so I can call for any kind of assistance. We don't pull over to the side of the road, get out of our car. We not EMS certified. We not paramedics. Hell, some of us ain't even qualified to change a bedpan at a nursing home. But yet, we still want to pull up to see the disaster. We not all. We're not even putting our minds in the mind frame, uh, or the mindset to say, how can I be of a benefit to the person who's experiencing the damage, the trauma, you know? And I mean, we see it now when somebody getting into a fight. You got seven or eight guys hanging around, videotaping some girl getting beat up, but then as opposed to those seven or eight guys putting their phone down to actually take somebody, uh, take the assailant off of the victim and, 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 and helping somebody so that they don't have to experience pain. That's the kind of society that we live in now. And, you know, I am just a, a firm believer that we have to become more of an asset to our community than rather watch around and look at chaos and mayhem. Um, and I'll be honest with you. Um, yes, if I were in Cat Williams' position and somebody came at me uh, and publicly said that uh, I was uh, lying about a particular thing, I'm going to say I'm well within my rights whether I want to deal with that publicly or I want to deal with that in private. That's my prerogative. Okay? Shout out to Bobby Brown. Uh, but the key thing is the people who uh, came on and he made the allegations against 
let them tell you whether or not it's true. I don't have time to go do the research. I don't have time to go uh, figure all of these particular things out. Because if I do, I'm not an attorney. Not one of those celebrities calling my ass asking me, hey, Zim, uh, listen, we looking for representation. Can you go ahead and do the fact check on this so that we can find out if this is accurate or inaccurate? If they were calling me for that, I'd be glad to create an invoice. I'd be glad to, I'll, listen here, I'm not, I'm gonna tell you right now, not only am I not an attorney, I don't even work for legal aid. I'm not even part of the pyramid, uh, a network marketing program, a prepaid legal, uh, 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 any of those, hell, not even legal Zoom. So me telling you whether or not these things were accurate is, is not for me. It's not for me because the one thing that I do know is it's very simple to deal with. Here's my point. If Cat Williams made an allegation about me that was absolutely false, I'm a multimillionaire. That's for me to deal with. I'm going to either say, you know what, just let them keep talking and that's that's something that I'm not even going to address, or I'm going to take the role to say, you know what, I don't tolerate that. I don't appreciate somebody uh, slandering or libeling my name, and so now that's defamation of character. I'm going to create a file a lawsuit and have my attorneys take him or her to court. That's how adults handle things that's how you let somebody know i don't appreciate you um tarnishing my name tarnishing my reputation and one of the things that i noticed about this whole thing while we're going back and forth people have come out and said that's not true but guess what just saying it's not true that's your right to say but nobody's saying he's lying that's all I'm going to say, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you tell somebody that I done stole your joke, then guess what? Now we going to have to go ahead and deal with that. We're going to have to go ahead and deal with that, and I'm going to choose a route that's going to be in line with uh, handling things in an appropriate fashion. Uh, putting all of my uh, issues out in the public, that's not the way that I roll. Uh, I know as an entertainer that we, we, we have the limelight, but guess what? I'm going to use my light to shine, not to dim. But that is my point of view. My goal would be if these people feel like he did them a disservice, then guess what? File a defamation of character lawsuit. Simple as that. This, this with, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, definitely uh, is, is sharing, showing us that Cat Williams right now, he's on a tour, uh, I believe it's called the uh, Black Matter Tour, and uh, selling, out, selling out theaters all over. Why? Because, listen, if I'm at 53 million views, on Club Shay Shay, again, shout out to Shannon Sharp. I'd love to be on there. Even if I'm just on there for two minutes in between uh, you bringing on another guest that's got a lot of people. But the bottom line is, Shannon, just bring me on your show. But what I am saying is, if I got 53 million uh, views 
uh, people gonna come and see me because again, we live in a society that that is uh, driven, that is absolutely driven by chaos and controversy. Uh, I don't think that was Cat's motivation for it. I, I think what he said is what he he believes to be true, and I do believe that uh, he's gonna have uh, records record breaking um, uh, turnout at his tour. Um, but the biggest thing that I walked away from uh, Cat Williams' show, uh, not Cat Williams' show, excuse me, from Cat Williams' interview on uh, Club Shay Shay was this, work ethic. The ability to actually create a body of work wherein you can stay relevant, you can stay uh, at the top of your game, you can also uh, be uh, found doing your passion and not allowing, uh, what do I want to say, commercialized, um, the confines of commercialized uh, organizations to determine your worth. And the reason why I say that is, this is the thing that I find remarkable about Cat Williams. Uh, I would almost venture to say, and I could be wrong, but I would venture to say somewhere between the uh, years of 2008 and 2010, Cat uh, Williams pretty much got blackballed um, from his own accounts uh, from Hollywood. Uh, and yet and still, for all of these years, Cat Williams has stayed a conversation piece and became a household name and a comics comic during this particular time. He has managed to stay relevant. He's been able to maintain a lifestyle that is uh, acceptable to him uh, and, and to many others despite not having Hollywood stand behind him and market him to the masses. That is something to um, really look at and to ask yourself, how do you go about creating this type of a lifestyle for yourself to be true to yourself to be able to speak a truth that you believe in and still not be afraid of losing. Uh, our society, I, I believe, you know, we are uh, um, Americans uh, are, and people who live in America, because most people that know me know that I, I don't call myself an American. I am a person who happens to have a, a citizenship here. Uh, but don't consider myself an American. Um, that, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But what I will say is those of us who have been born and raised in America for the, for the most part, we have a mindset that uh, we have to, uh, we have a scarcity mentality, meaning that we don't feel that there's enough success, there's enough money, there's enough food, there's enough opportunities for all of us to feel a void 
And and that is just absolutely not true. Uh, we feel sometimes that in order to make it uh, as an entertainer, as an artist, as a as a, um, a, a an attorney, it doesn't matter what what your career choice is. We almost feel like we have to get the approval of certain organizations to become um, recognized and as a leader in our field, and that and that's absolutely not true. Cat Williams has been able to uh, do at least eight or nine. Uh, comedy uh, specials. He's done at least uh, six, at least six of them that I know of that are on Netflix. Uh, he's been able to do this every single year, creating a new tour uh, and staying relevant without even really being on social media. How has he been able to do that? It's because he keeps his eyes focused on his own business. That's one of the biggest things that we have to be able to do is to keep our mindset focused on what we were created for and then allow that to fuel us. Um, I'll never forget, um, I used to struggle with uh, this particular mindset when I first started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I used to feel like, you know, everybody was talking about drinking. I didn't drink. Everybody was talking about getting high. I didn't get high. People smoked cigarettes back in the day when I first started doing comedy. I don't smoke cigarettes, never liked cigarettes, and never did those things that people were talking about. But a lot of comics used to come up and they would talk about drinking, getting high, drinking, all of that. And I would have to go up and I would, I didn't even curse on stage back then. Watch your mouths. I know what you're thinking. I'm making up for it. But the point, the point that I'm making is I had to make a decision on who I was going to be. And knowing that being who I am is enough. Um, I would go up as opposed to being the same as everybody else. And that was their choice. If they wanted to talk about loving uh, to get high, that was good for them. I talked about why I used to make fun about people that got high and how stupid I thought it was and all of those things. And from my own vantage point, I was able to get people, whether they agreed with me or not, to at least see from my point of view and not go against me, but go on a ride with me and, and appreciate me for my perspective. And that's the thing that we have to do. We have to be individuals that are so focused on creating what we have envisioned that we don't look around at what everybody else is creating. We're not looking around to see what other people are doing in and of their lives, unless it's a way for us to understand how to become better at the thing that we are striving to uh, fulfill in our lives. What I mean by that is, is this, there's no comedian out there that in and of himself was, was great. He always has somebody else that he saw do this particular art form, right? That's called having a foundation. And so from that particular foundation, that's how you learn uh, the fundamentals of anything. That's how you learn how to do your job. Michael Jordan, uh, the greatest basketball player to ever live, uh, still love you, LeBron, but Michael Jordan still for me is the best basketball player to ever live. However, Michael Jordan didn't know nothing about just, hmm, let me just jump up and dunk this ball because 
he saw somebody else do it. Uh, but even still, there are certain people that came up with different things. Allen Iverson, the crossover. I mean, these are things that he was able to do, but they were all built off of things that he saw and was inspired by with other athletes in his field. So we can become inspired by what others do. But if once we learn the fundamentals and then we start practicing enough, it gives us the incentive and the ability to see that we can create something totally new within those realms. But being authentic to ourselves, not trying to replicate what other people are doing, allows us never to become competitive with others. That was something that I remember in the interview that Cat Williams was talking about was about, uh, you know, I, I see uh, my co competition, you know, and a lot of comics just talk like this, you know, about being a, a competitor with each other. Uh, I, I take a different approach with that. I don't look at anybody as my competition. I have no competition. I have other <laughs> colleagues who are uh, great comedians, and I'm not here to compete with them to be the better of the two. I'm here to be the best comedian that God allowed my bandwidth to push out. If that turns out for me to be your favorite, then that's cool. If it turns out that I'm your least liked comedian, that's cool. But am I doing everything I can to extract the best out of me to um, create content that will be found to be exciting, enlightening, and funny to the people that I'm here to serve with the gift that I've been given. And those are the things that keep us from being competitive with each other. I don't care. I have other friends who are amazing comedians who have gone to different levels in this industry uh, that I have also still desired to do, though I have not made it to those levels. And guess what? I'm still their number one fan. I'm going to still tell everybody about them. Why? Because I'm not in competition. If I was in competition with somebody, I'm not going to tell you to go see nobody else. Dang it, if, if I'm selling burgers and fries, I'm not going to tell you to go to McDonald's. No, because you know what? I don't want you going to McDonald's. I want you to eat my French fries. I want you to do these. But guess what? Everybody like a little variety. Everybody like a little variety. I'm not here to compete against you, man. We not this not football. This not boxing. I'm not I'm not going up against anybody. This as my particular <laughs> career field is like a golfer. I'm not if I'm Tiger Woods, I'm not going up against Phil Mickelson. He out there playing. But I'm not swiping his stick to keep him from hitting the ball. Because guess what? When he, on the, when he on the greens, he on the greens by himself. I ain't out there with him. When he teeing off, I'm not standing in front of him, around him, or none of that. That's his while he's there, alone. When I'm doing my jokes, I'm standing up there alone. When you out there doing your work as a data analyst or as an attorney, guess what? Your job is not to compete with anybody. Your job is to create the best product or deliver the best service that you can do. Now, you can look at people that are also in your field. 
You can also look at your peers and see how they handle business and how they execute things. And you can look in there and say, oh, I love how they do that. I'd like to utilize that particular part. That's not stealing. That's learning how to run a successful business. You can also look at the weaknesses in their business and say, mm, I could do that better. What if I do it this way? That's not stealing. That's enhancing and providing your clients a better experience and giving them that opportunity. But so many of us in our society, we look at competitiveness I'm not competing with somebody because guess what? You might have more followers than me. You may have more fans than me. You may have a bigger market share than me. But am I able to feel fulfilled at the end of the day? Am I able to know that I've changed the lives, I've changed the hearts, or I've given somebody uh, an opportunity to feel better than, I, than they did before they met me? That's when I know my mission has been accomplished. And that's one of the biggest things that I think people uh, need to look at when we look at this uh, Cat Williams. It, it's not about the, the controversy surrounding it. It's about how do you garner a, a mindset that, you know what, how can I create a way that what I do still will allow me to be necessary if the powers that be uh, or the organizations that normally control something don't find what I have to offer the way that I provide it relevant for their model. And that's the thing. So many of us are looking at what can we do within the confines of what someone else has created. You got to remember, you trying to, if you're not being picked for what somebody's organization is, that's because that's their vision. That doesn't mean that you're not worthy. That's their vision. And you may not fit their vision. So my thing is, Create your own vision. God gave you a vision, a mindset to follow. So utilize that and you won't ever find yourself in competition with anyone. You won't give up on your passion because somebody else told you no to their model of their vision. Give you an example. I remember one time I, I was going through a lot of depression uh, regarding uh, doing showcases for the industry. I've always wanted to be involved uh, and, and be seen on TV. I mean, that's 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 an aspect of uh, comedy that every comedian wants to do. They want to get on TV. They Back in the day before there was a Netflix uh, you could only get on like HBO or Showtime uh, to to even do, or maybe Comedy Central. Comedy Central, when I started, was just really starting to rock. There was a thing called Laugh Rides that they used to do. And I remember going out there, um, auditioning for Star Search. I auditioned for uh, Laugh Rides. I auditioned for NBC. And I remember when I did Laugh Rides, I made it to the second round. Uh, I remember auditioning for Star Search. I made it to the second round. Didn't get called back for either one of them. And I was frustrated. 
But years later, I got a chance to audition for NBC. And I'll never forget, at this time, I'm, I'm doing better. I'm stronger in my uh, career. And I remember going to Austin, Texas, to one of the best comedy clubs in America called the Cap City Comedy Club. And they were hosting auditions for NBC. It's about 40 people that are there in line. I remember coming out. I'm auditioning. And I had to go to work. Uh, a couple days later after that. So I go to do the audition. And everybody, for the most part, the majority of the people, I would say, were pretty good. Um, there were about five of them that were really, really good. And uh, I remember after that, I probably went up probably like fifth to the last person. And when I went on stage for the five minutes that they had me there for, I remember at least three times every 60 minutes I have some having the audience slumped over. Now, when I say the audience, I'm referring to the comedians in the room because that's the only audience that you had in these auditions. You had the three uh, persons from NBC, the three producers uh, for uh, NBC, and then you had the audience of, of your peers. So I'm in there and I am absolutely just knocking the socks off everybody that's in this room, right? They can't breathe. I'm knocking them out for five minutes straight. Bam, 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 bam. No breaths, no chance for somebody to breathe. Just enough to hear what I had to say and get them back with the next punchline, with the next tag, with the next callback for five minutes straight. The producers at the end of this, the, the comedians are giving me almost a standing ovation. I would say about 50% of the people that was in there gave me a standing ovation. We finish up. They tell us that they're going to um, post our information after they uh, go to lunch and do their deliberation and so forth. We come back. They have the paper up. And you can see the I'm walking up kind of closer to the end trying to see where, where my name is. And you can see about two of these young ladies was up there and they looked and were crying like, why is your name not up here? Oh my God. So again, I'm finding out I'm not selected for this particular audition. Something in me absolutely changed that particular day. And it made me realize that, you know what? I didn't get picked. Rather than get mad or say it was the, the network, they don't like me, or, you know, any of these other go-tos, he's bl I'm black, or, you know, they just, want, they just want that same old watered-down thing. I said, hey, congratulations to y'all. Don't, don't get upset because I'm not on there. You're on there. That's all that matter. They're like, no, but you're funny. But guess what? I'm not what they're looking for. But why not? I'm not I don't know. I don't know, and that's not my job to determine or to go and find out. That's their job. This is their network. This is the network that they work for. They obviously have something, an image, a particular way, or maybe I'm not talented as I thought. For them, it's cool. And the biggest excitement for me was, I told them, don't cry for me. Don't be. Don't feel like it was bad for me because you know what I realized? I was flying out the next morning from Austin, Texas to Honolulu, Hawaii 
to perform and do comedy and make money that was going to take care of myself and my children and my wife with the gift that I was given. And that was the thing that, that let me know I don't have to be your excitement. I don't have to be the person that you feel fits your vision. What's the vision I have for myself? I came into the industry saying I want to be a comedian. I want to be on TV. I don't ever have to be on NBC, ABC, uh, Fox, even though, hey, if y'all got something for me and it fits and it works within what I want to do, great. But we come into our society realizing, like, the only way we can be on TV is if they put us on. And we live in a society where when I started, it wasn't possible. But in 2024, if I want to be on TV, you know what all I need to do is get me a damn camera, get somebody to film for me, and come out there telling my jokes and putting it out on a public platform like YouTube and telling some people about it and asking them to go take a look at it. That's all I got to do if that's what I want to do. But we got to ask ourselves, what are our motivations behind anything we do? What are the, why do we want to do it? Is it because we want to tell jokes? You don't got to be on TV to tell jokes. You want to be a comedian, you be a comedian. If you want to be a if you want to be an attorney, be an attorney. You don't always got to be an attorney that go and do uh uh talk in front of jurors. You don't always have to be that attorney, but guess what? You can be an attorney. You don't it doesn't have to say that you got to be the Lincoln lawyer. We always want the thing that's giving us the shine, but maybe it's the thing that we need to start looking at is why do we want to do what it is we say? Is it so that we can get the, the fancy car? Is it because we want to be known? We want to get these likes? Or is it because we want to make an impact in ours and other people's lives? And it don't necessarily require some of the very things that we see to feel that level of accomplishment. What Cat Williams show taught me, Cat Williams show taught me that I need to continue to push myself in my discipline. He is a person that makes me realize I'm not working as hard as I should be. I'm not as disciplined as I should be when it comes to my field and that I can accomplish everything that I want to. Cat Williams has a, a, a tour uh, I mean, five or six of them. I know my wife went to one, and them, them tickets was costly. But guess what? I'm sometimes selling my tickets for $25, $30 a ticket. I just saw online Cat Williams got a ticket for $1,100. $1,100, and guess what? Somebody buying them tickets. Why? Because he sells out. Cat Williams has over 18 different comedy specials that he's done, comedy tours, uh, I think he said 13 or 14 of those that he's done. These are different hours of material. I've been doing comedy for 24 years. I don't have that many specials. It lets me know those are goals that I want to achieve. I want to be able to say every year I'm creating a new 60 Minutes. 
I need and what does it require for me to do that? That's how I stay relevant. That's how I stay funny. That's how I keep people who have um, shared with me that they love the work that I produce. That's how I keep moving by believing in myself and focusing on the craft, not being part of this conversation of chaos. And those are the things that we all need to do. And so I want to just leave y'all with this. If you learn nothing else from the Cat Williams episode, those are the things that I think we should walk away with. How somebody can, how we stay relevant in a society that tries to uh, ostracize us because we don't fit in their box. How do we uh, continue to follow something and stay in an industry for over 20 some odd years? How do we fight past adversities like him living uh, uh, down in Miami uh, and grew up in a different type of household uh, where, you know, he had different um, challenges that he faced and being able to overcome those and keeping your focus and making it and keeping your level of sanity. Those are the things that I think when we uh, have these conversations, uh, and when we hear or see things that we prepare ourselves for, because those are the things that's really going to be useful to us. You know, finding out whether or not uh, Cedric the Entertainer stole Cat Williams' uh, joke uh, about the car and spaceship and all of that, that ain't serving you. You know what I'm saying? You're a welder. How is that beneficial to you in your life? It's not. It's just a moment to take away as opposed to figuring out how can I create my own welding company if that's what I'm even passionate about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, did you, you know, who did, I mean, what weld are, are you creating that you could then say that somebody stole the way that you weld? Uh, you know, that, that, that'd be more relevant to you. So I know a lot of times, you know, people say, Zine, you know, we supposed to be, you supposed to be funny. You know, guess what? I told you this podcast is I'm just serious. The funny takes care of itself. I just want each of one of my my fans, one of my uh, future uh, followers and listeners of this podcast to know that this, for me, was the best uh, way to open up the year for uh, setting the ground the groundwork for the I'm Just Serious podcast is because everybody that knows me knows me to be funny. But I want you to be able to take anything that I'm telling you that's from the funny side and let's start looking into it a little bit deeper because guess what? At the end of the day, my jokes are only going to last you but so long. But I hope that some of the information contained within this podcast from the serious aspect of anything that we look at funny that you can see the depth of it and layers and it helps improve the quality of your life. So. I really appreciate y'all for joining me this particular uh, this particular day. Uh, thank y'all for uh, you know taking a moment out your day to listen to this podcast. Uh, please tell a friend to follow me at Azeem Comedy. That's A Z E E M Comedy. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Yep, my wife and my children made me uh, sign up for TikTok, even though I'm grown. But whatever, uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this particular podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, 
Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you can find this podcast. Also, uh, listen, every year I do a uh, comedy cruise slash cigar cruise. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a fan of those amazing, uh, beautiful cigars. And uh, a lot of my fans who uh, I've met and had the pleasure of meeting, a lot of us we've met on cruise ships that I perform on as well. So I've decided to curate my own uh, cruise called the Jokes and Smoke Cigar Cruise, where we curated the ability of fusing uh, jokes and cigars into one cruise. So we have a upcoming cruise this July 20th through the 27th, 2024, where we'll be going to Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, and a private island on board Princess Cruises, Enchanted Princess. Listen, you can find out more information about the cruise by going to jokes, the letter N, smokes.com. That's jokesandsmokes.com. We still have plenty of seats, uh, excuse me, plenty of cabins available. So make sure that you lock yours in and join us on this cruise. Until next time, I want everybody to realize we got to continue to find our purpose, implement our purpose, and fulfill our duties on this earth. Y'all take good care of each other. God willing, we'll talk soon. This is Azim on I'm Just Serious Podcast. Peace.